So if you and I are in the studio together writing a song called uh, Oh Happy Day, the, one of the things you have to decide on is how much of that song you and I both own. Do we own 50-50? Is it, you know, do you get 25%? I get 25% and 50 goes to someone else. You know, what does that look like? And prior, that discussion would change a lot because when you're in the studio, everything feels good. Maybe you want to talk about ownership. Maybe you don't. Maybe you all agree there, but then you go home and your cousin's like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure you're the best songwriter out there. You should change your percentage to 35. You're like, I'm right. I'll change it. You know, And so in a lot of ways, if you don't agree, you never actually get all your money. In some cases, you don't get any of your money. So getting that agreement as soon as possible and without it, with the, the least amount of arguing as possible is super important. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs, with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew, this is Music Growth Talks, a podcast to help you advance your music career through practical business and marketing advice from my guests, ranging from music artists to music startup owners. And uh, in today's episode, we do feature a tech company, in fact. It's my conversation with Marcus Cobb, CEO of Jamba, based out of Nashville and Chicago. They've built a rights and royalty administration platform called Jamba Splits. It allows you to create agreements with other people involved in the recording of a song from a simple mobile app. And if you're in North America, you can register your song with your publishers or performing rights organizations. Listen on to hear how it all works and what other apps for musicians Jamba is working on. And remember that if you're interested in the songs that you have already recorded, be heard by more listeners. You can contact us at datedmusic at agency.datedmusic.com and we'll get back to you with ideas on how we can help with the promotion of your music brand. And here is my conversation with Marcus Scope from Jamba. Marcus, welcome to Music Growth Talks. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Andrew. I'm excited to be here. So I do want to uh, start with a banal question, but uh, how did you end up with uh, Jamba and, uh, and and being involved in the music industry? Uh, if, you, if you don't mind sharing some of the highlights of your career. Yeah, happy to. I think the highlights, I've, I've always been around music. I come from a very musical family, and that was my one of my fortunate it's just one of the best parts of growing up. My grandmother was a uh, piano teacher. My mom was a choir you know, director. So I started singing and fell in love with singing as a kid and then went through choir, became choir director and had a boy band I was a part of in high school, you know, just all, all those kind of things. And I write music uh, constantly. I just Music is just a part of who I am. But I really made my career in technology. Uh, I'm a computer nerd by trade. I, I, pro, I love to program and kind of grew up on that side professionally until I started doing startups and became CEOs and presidents of different companies. And then lo and behold, uh, one day those two experiences came together in Jamber. Uh, we had, I had an opportunity to work with some major labels and top producers and more actually at that time on the A&R side of the world. I was helping out with uh, bands and products and fashion and just other interests of mine, but I saw a lot of the friction that was involved. And, you know, anytime you're a technologist, the light bulb kind of goes off in your head and you're like, I think we can solve this and fix this this way. And that's really where it all started. Cool. And uh, how, how many people roughly do you have uh, in the team right now without like two specific figures, maybe? No, no, no. We're, we're about 25 people, Jamber itself. So, so early stage startup, we're 
really in our fifth year, but uh, we started just, just started getting traction the, the the last two and a half years. Cool, cool. That that's that's really impressive, actually. And one of the things that really interests me when I talk to startup owners, music startup owners, especially, is, is their wise like what what kind of pain you are solving because I'm pretty confident that you didn't just come up with uh, uh, you know an idea on, on just how to make money but uh, you you wanted to solve a particular issue that uh, um, we've got quite a few to choose from in the music industry so what's yes. the what's what's the why in your case well the first problem that I saw was we were you know working on putting together a girl band you know upstart girl band in Chicago Illinois and, and the United States and I found that very hard to do. So the very first problem I was trying to solve was the problem of discovery. And, you know, how do we get the best people into one room and let them audition for uh, maybe a band or a group, whatever makes sense. And that's very hard to do because everyone's spread out. So we started with this LinkedIn for music industry, but we were accepted into an accelerator, which is kind of like a boot camp for startups called Project Music, which is based in Nashville, Tennessee in the States. And it was there that we changed our minds because we, they, the music industry sponsored this and invested in this particular program. So we have really wide open access, which is, I think, probably hard to get. But for us, we were fortunate to have it. And long story short, when I was interviewing someone on the A&R side about this discovery problem, like, how do you find a drummer in LA when yours gets sick? You know, which I thought was super important. There were all these payroll checks in the conference room where we were at. They were kind of, they looked like they were marked return to sender. Uh, they were, they looked like they were marked return to sender, which in the States means that, you know, the mail went out to that particular person. And then for some reason, they didn't live there or whatever. And the mail came back and these look like payroll checks. So we were curious why that was happening. And uh, she told us that uh, a lot of the checks that they send out come back over 20, 30, 40% of the payroll checks they send out to session musicians and engineers and producers come back because their name is wrong or the address is wrong or they, they moved. And this problem actually moved us quite a bit, as you can imagine, right? You, yeah. you love music and creatives the way I do. And me and my co-founder just, we realized that the discovery problem didn't matter unless we could fix this problem. And we it seems simple on the front end. How do you get creatives to be more compliant so their information doesn't change? But it's, in fact, very, very difficult. And we've been working on it ever since. And the discovery issue is uh, is still massive. There are so many new musicians and, and new music going out uh, every day. Uh, and there, there, but there is quite a few people already trying to to work on that. Not that it wouldn't be worth being involved as well. But I think what you've been focusing on is really unique, and it's not something that uh, many people, even in the industry, even creatives, think about. So I think it's um, it's really cool that you found this niche but such a crucial thing we all talk about the money in the music industry the the lack of money but here you are just uh, describing a situation where musicians are not paid just because just because like yeah they 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 changed apartments or or they're just red tape kind of thing it's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous yeah and and it, it shouldn't be that way and it's not that way you know, there are two schools of thought. It's it's that way on purpose and by design. And that the other school of thought is that it just it's just the nature of the beast. You know, we have large corporations, and the, the truth is, it's both. But that's the past. You know, when we talk about the present and the future going forward, the real question is, you know, how do we get people paid faster and get them more of their money so they can put more music into the world? So you've got 
well, it's the release two products that I'm aware of, the money and the split one. So I would, yes. uh, it's, it's tightly related to what we, you, you just mentioned. And I, I think you uh, began with uh, Jumbo Money, right? Yeah, we actually began with a much bigger problem set. It's always been, so let's just, let's just distill it down as simple as possible uh, to the best of my ability. When it comes to, you know, music is intellectual property everywhere in the world. It's copyright. You know, when you create a song, it belongs to you. And because it's intellectual property, it has the potential to make you money. But also because it's intellectual property, there's a lot of red tape and compliance and different laws and different territories to really maximize that income. And there are three parts to that. One is being compliant up front, and I'll talk about that separately. Second is letting the world know that it's your song, which is like registration or copyright filings uh, in, with your societies or PROs. And then three is collecting that money and the compensation piece. And the compensation is only as good as the first two. You have to be really compliant, really buttoned up and have your things in order. And then you have to make sure that everyone knows it's your song. And it's really, we looked at it, the, the, the hardest one that is hard to crack is how do you get creatives compliant when they really just want to focus on creating music? And for a long time, there was a broad belief in the industry that you can't do it. It just cannot be done. You'll never get songwriters to fill out splits. You'll never get, you know, you know, creators more organized. It goes against their nature. And at Jamber, we felt maybe that was too broad of an assumption. Maybe actually it's a design problem. It's not the creatives, but it's Excel <laughs> as an example of Microsoft Excel. You know, maybe it's paper and contracts that are actually just hard to work with for anybody. And if we give them easier tools that are better designed, maybe they'll be more compliant. And our entire thesis was based on that. And we were fortunate to see that last year, in fact, that was true. Um, Splits has been a huge success. And um, now we can build upon that. Awesome. No, I, I agree with you 100%. It's it, it, it really is a design issue because uh, just uh, yeah, show me a creative who doesn't want to be paid, but uh, they will not be compliant, as you said, if uh, if it's just too too sophisticated. Uh, education plays an important role in that as well, just uh, yes. getting yes, creatives to. And I guess you, you face that issue a bit as well, educating. You, you may want not only to educate about how PROs and all the, you know, everything related to what you do works, but also how uh, they can benefit from using the the app that you've got. That's, that's absolutely true. And you mentioned the most important part, which is the education piece. And people like you with your podcast, you're doing and championing that. And I'm seeing people in, on the panels and, and discussions all over the world that are championing it. Um, and so that part's important. And the second important is productizing that so it's approachable for the creatives. And I'm in my 40s now, but I remember in the States a long time ago, you know, we used to do our taxes at home. We were At the end of every year, you file your taxes and your mom does it or a company does it. And then this software came out called TurboTax. And what was really cool about it is that it's a really complicated tax law, but it would just ask you simple questions. Do you have a kid? Do you drive to work? And based on those questions, it would maximize your return and for a hundred bucks. And that was a really, really powerful tool that impacted a lot of people and put more, more food on the, more food on the table. And so I kind of look at it like that. You know, there are at least 30 entities in the U.S. alone that you have to be a part of to collect your money if your song is, is getting traction, maybe 51. And then when you multiply that times 130 territories, it gets daunting very quickly. So we have to educate them to know which questions to ask and hold all of us, all of our companies accountable. But we have to productize that information so that it's approachable for them. 
so they're, they're not spending too much time on the things they shouldn't have to care about. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes perfect sense. So, so we before we talk about money, how does the uh, splits app work? Uh, if you can d- describe it. Yeah, splits is very simple. Uh, all it does is lets you put in the percentages that we all write on the song. So if you and I are in the studio together writing a song called uh, Oh Happy Day, the one of the things you have to decide on, because again, music is intellectual property, meaning that it's it's protected by law, is how much of that song you and I both own. Do we own 50-50? Is it, you know, do you get 25%, I get 25% and 50 goes to someone else? You know, what does that look like? And prior, that discussion would change a lot because when you're in the studio, everything feels good. Maybe you want to talk about ownership. Maybe you don't. Maybe you all agree there, but then you go home and your cousin's like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure you're the best songwriter out there. You should change your percentage to 35. You're like, I'm right. I'll change it. You know. And so in a lot of ways, if you don't agree, you never actually get all your money. In some cases, you don't get any of your money. So getting that agreement as soon as possible and without a, with the, the least amount of arguing as possible is super important. And this is that's it's an emotional discussion, right? Yeah. So this is where this is where design is really, really important. And if, for those of us who might wonder what this feels like, I know if you and I went out uh, to a restaurant and you you invited me out to Poland and we went to a big meal, you know, you and I might fight over the check for thirty people to pay for it, right? But if the check came and nobody knew who was actually going to pay for it, or we hadn't talked about it, there's that awkward silence that a lot of us have felt or seen, and. Ownership is the same way because songs are very intimate. And so what Splits does is they get to show each other the technology. And the technology is, oh, really cool. It's really shiny. It's really fast. And that breaks the ice for the percentages. And better than we thought. And, and the other thing is it also creates an atmosphere of transparency because I have my ownership there. I can chat in the app about the song. I can upload all the files. I can see everyone else we're collaborating with. And that just gives me a sense of warm fuzzies. It gives me a sense of trust that makes it easier for me to create with these teams that I want to work with. And that that is a really, really powerful feeling. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, it, it doesn't stop there for, right? So it, uh, from, I believe that the app also allows you to, to register this on, and this is, uh, um, this is quite powerful. Before we head there, by the way, uh, is the app open to everyone? I just don't want to get back to it, you know, later on. So any any creator can use it right away? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, it's open to everyone. This is one of the reasons why. It's it's very simple app, but it was very expensive to build because music is global, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you and I are having a conversation on different sides of the world, and that's how music is created too. So it's for iOS. If you if you search for Jamber Splits, it's there. It's on Android Jamber Splits, uh, but it's also available in English, Spanish, and French. And then we're we're going to continue to add languages such as German and Russian and Portuguese across the board. So that even though everyone's in their own world and environment and culture, they can still collaborate in a seamless way. Um, and then, as your point, uh, you can register your songs right now in, in North America, and we're also going to expand that footprint so that you can register your songs wherever you might be. So it's available to everybody, and the app is also free, uh, which is which was very important to us up front. But the business model, just to because many musicians get to to be a bit um, uh, suspicious when they install a new music-related app. Unfortunately, some some startups, you know, made a bad reputation for anything that is being presented to artists. So, is yes. how 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 straightforward uh, the the business model is right now? It's very I. I labor to make it very transparent and you can kind of see that so it's free because 
first of all, it starts with how Jamber is funded and how we're built. We're a venture-backed company, which means that we still heavily depend on investment capital, and we have a, a, a group and cohort of investors, about 38, the majority of whom are not in the music industry, and I'll explain why that's important. But we do have a lot of managers and artists as well in, in our company that are investors. That gives me the liberty to invest in broad coverage first and broad adoption because Jamber Splits, in my opinion, is the best splits app in the world. And so it allows me to put fuel on that because it's more valuable to everyone the more people who use it. Yeah. So the business model then, to do that, I have to invest in, in the different platforms like iOS and Android and different languages and, and really meet the world where they're at. And then the business model is twofold. On one hand is the registrations, which are 50 cents a piece to push through. And typically, there's a temptation for software to lock you in where you have to pay for something, right? But you'll see, like, we moved away from that. You can still export all the data yourself. There's a button for that. Send it to your publisher, register it yourself. But if you want to register it for 50 cents, you can't do that anywhere else. It's really, really affordable. It's, it's a huge time saver because we register it with, I think, right now, 11 different entities with the push of a button that goes through about a month-long process. And then the secondary part of the business model is that we is money that you mentioned, which is royalty administration, where we directly collect royalties for earners and we're qualifying those earners because we can't really, we have to be focused on who we're working with to keep the, the, the business balanced, if you will. But royalty collection, and then we have a commission or administration fee we make off that. And that's how this thing works. So we can serve everybody with splits. And then we really grow the company by helping top earners make even more of their money. That's super straightforward indeed, and uh, I I also think it's uh, it's a part of this uh, design topic uh, you mentioned earlier. When it's just uh, a tap of a button, when uh, the song is uploaded to the app, it's done. It's right there. It's really it's. I don't think it will uh, feel like too much of a hassle or too much of an expense to pay fifty cents per song. Um, right. So that's that's I think really smart. Uh, and uh, it's also handy because right now uh, the situation is not that someone not using your app uh, will just do it for free themselves. So lots of the creators, unfortunately, will not register a song with Sound Exchange, for example, while they may be with PRO. Correct. You know, it's yeah. Um, but do do you have? Uh, can you mention a few companies you or um, societies you you work with just to give? Uh, an idea to our listeners, maybe so they can, you know, just yes. get a, 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 the scope. Yes. Well, one of the first uh, societies to reach out to us and, and see our vision was SoCan, based in Canada. But we were lucky enough to acquire another startup that was doing some pretty cool things called Tune Registry, uh, based in Los Angeles, California, in the States. And Tune Registry already had uh, direct relationships with ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, Sound Exchange, HFA. Uh, music reports uh, and the copyright office and, and a few others. And they were already able to take in the data for both the composition, which is really the part of the songwriting part. It's kind of the melody and the words and the lyrics. And then the recording is the performance. It's whoever's in the studio, yeah, you know, um, recording that song. You have to kind of register both of those parts of music because they're both important. And uh, Tune Registry created a, a website to let you do that. And then they would send that information to all those different entities. And so we acquired them last year, and we were lucky enough that that was kind of the missing piece for us. And it goes back to the three C's I talked about earlier, compliance, which is what Splits does, and then the copyright registration piece, which was what Tune Registry did, and we acquired. And now money is the compensation piece. And I, I just want to, if you don't mind me saying, for anyone out there looking to enter the music industry, what we're also saying is that 
the space is very nuanced. You can't just come in with a broad solution and say, I'm going to save the music industry. You really have to understand the nuances of this business because it's the only way to do it right. And I suggest that you understand why there's no middle class musicians right now. There's one growing, but we don't have a middle class. So you have to serve musicians that are up and coming and maybe not earning any income and maybe never will, while also serving earners that you might want to target, whether they're top tier earners or you know mid-tier earners. You have to find that balance for anyone that's an aspiring music tech entrepreneur. That's a great point. That's that's gold because yeah, yeah, I I hear you really well here. And even for uh, creatives and musicians listening to us right now, it's important to understand too. But the fact that you are open to everyone and the the core product is uh, is available for all the creators out there is um, brilliant in my opinion. What about the upcoming apps that are showcased on your website? I'm looking at uh, the Muse and N Studio right now. I'm just too curious not to ask. Yeah, two of my favorites. So uh, again, it's the exact same thing. It's design that's really, really meant to meet people where they're at. So Splits today is primarily a mobile app, which is where a lot of music is created. But as you start getting deeper and deeper into the process, the laptop and the desktop are really, really important too. And that's where InStudio comes in. Uh, it's going to be a tool very similar, very similar to Splits to capture roles and percentages and songs, but at the studio recording level to integrate with Pro Tools, Logic, Ableton Live, GarageBand, so that it feels more natural. I can create a song, I can bounce the tracks right there, and then it's a very natural use case for all of us creators to then email or share the tracks and also share credits. But it starts getting cumbersome when, you, when you're working with four, five, ten people in the studio. And in-studio simplifies that process. I can just bounce it. I can tag everyone in the room using Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and it will send it to them. But not only that, it attaches all of their credits to that session as well. And there are some cool companies doing that, but Jammers is the, be- the best one. Again, as you're going to find a theme, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And then Muse is just a simpler version of that. It's for top lining. Think of Muse as voice memos plus lyrics. The thesis is the, the sooner we get users to think about metadata without thinking about it, the more accurate yes. it is. Yes, yeah, yeah. The more, right? You feel me on what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think nine out of 10 of the creators I know, songwriters, capture that idea in a voice memo on their phone. And because there's no friction to it, you can just focus on the vibration of the idea and turning the melody over around in your soul and in your mind without thinking at all about technology. And then you use technology to bring that to life. So it has to be super lightweight, uh, and that's what Muse is, is going to be. Excellent. Yeah, this is the approach we need uh, with musicians, absolutely. So wh- wh- when do, do we expect this app, roughly speaking, uh, to, f- to 2020 or unclear? Yeah, 2020, yes. is, 2020 is on the targeting, but uh, at Jamber, our dates move based on the feedback. So we do early testing, and for example, splits alone took a year. At, we thought the first version was pretty good. <laughs> and then we shared it with the world and they had lots and lots of suggestions and improvements on it. So the reason why it's so good is that where everything you see in splits, it came from feedback from our users. So that feedback cycle is somewhat difficult to predict, but I think both products will be out this year. Cool. That's uh, great to hear. Looking forward to, to, to the releases for sure. Is there any recommendation to uh, the creators listening to, to us right now, like a common mistake you see uh, people making uses of your apps making because of course you've mentioned if you like uh, ignoring metadata and things like that and you are solving it in your own way but 
yeah, any practical advice, if anything comes to mind to... Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I would say if you don't get anything right, whether you're using splits or any tool, the one thing that you must absolutely do is remember who you created music with. And one of the easy, simple ways that you can do that for free and across the board is just schedule your sessions and invite people, you know, using Gmail calendar or whatever, you know, whatever calendar you use. Because when that song has an opportunity, maybe it's uh, set for a film or you get picked up by a label, one of the very first things that you have to do is get compliance, not just with yourself, but with everyone else on that song. And sometimes we don't even remember who we worked with. And if we can't find them, then that's almost the end of the conversation and you will lose that opportunity. So at the very least, if you invite people with calendar invites, you have their email addresses or their phone numbers and you can hunt down those people and you can share that success together. So if you don't do anything else, just kind of use calendars or whatever tool you want to use to remember who you collaborated with. So when the, when the opportunity hits, you can take advantage of it. Excellent. Great advice. Uh, really actionable. I, I actually didn't think about it in this context, but it's it's just great, I think. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate. Happy, yeah, I mean, the, the kind of uh, information you shared here has been really great. And uh, I really like what you guys do and Jamba. It's, uh, it's a very important work for the industry. I hope to see more people uh, using splits and your other apps. So we'll keep an eye on the developments of the company. I uh, am linking to everything uh, in the show notes, of course, uh, and it's jamba.com. Home, uh, there is yeah, forward. Uh, I was, I was, I was about to ask you to spell it out for anyone on the go listening to us. So thank you for doing that. And yeah, so thank you once again. Really appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Well, thank you so much for what you do as well. I mean, it's a labor of love and for giving companies like Jamber a platform just to share our mission. I really appreciate you sharing this with your audience. So thanks. I hope to be on again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this in full. If this has been your first episode of Music Growth Talks, please go to musicgrowthtalks.com to find the links to the popular podcast platforms where you can subscribe to this show. You can just look it up, Music Growth Talks, in whatever app you're using, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so on. And uh, uh, you can also go to dotedmusic.com Uh, for the show notes with uh, the links to Jamba and uh, the social media accounts of the company. Just look up the entry with uh, this very podcast episode, MGT 148. And uh, if you have any questions, any feedback, don't hesitate to get back to me. If you're subscribed to our newsletter, you can just reply to it uh, and I will read the email and get back to you and uh, a review on the likes of Apple Podcasts is always appreciated. Uh, And of course, uh, do get in touch with uh, the Jamba team on their social media profiles if you have any feedback uh, as well. Thank you a lot for listening once again and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.